The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to a, another week-completed edition of Fantasy NBA Today. I am your host, Dan Vespers, and as I like to do here at the beginning of the show, I make sure that my levels are right while on air, as opposed to beforehand. It is the epitome of professionalism that you guys continue to put up with uh, here on this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is a hoop ball presentation. That's hoop-ball.com, the website. Everything you can find over there, just an unbelievable resource for fantasy. Still strongly recommend getting yourself a fantasy pass at $4.99 a month, even this late in the process, so you can bug the pros in our Discord. That's going to be your greatest weapon as you head towards your fantasy playoffs, so definitely do check that out. And, as I've been doing all week long, recruiting time at HoopBall. We're making a hard push here for a while. This is going to be an extended recruiting push. If you think you got what it takes to jump over to the analyst side, either for season-long fantasy, which is generally what we do on this podcast, you'll be covering the newswire in intense shifts while you perfect the art and kind of work yourself up to pro-grade, or... DFS. I don't think that many of you guys listening are DFSers that listen to this podcast, but if a few of you are and you think you're pretty good, hit me up at Dan Vespers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Let's get you through the process. Let's get you into the application process. So let's see if this is the thing for you. You know, I, I, the reason I think it's important to keep recruiting here is that every day someone out there decides they want to make a pivot in life, and hopefully we can be a part of that. You're tired of the rat race. You want to start something new? Give me a holler. You guys know how these Friday show goes. We've got the week in review portion of the proceedings. Then we'll try to speed through a preview of all 30 teams' next basketball game. That, of course, is the fast part. Just kind of a quick look at what to expect, what kind of things we're going to be watching for in these teams. Although we do, we kind of end up covering a bit of that as we work our way through the other stuff. Uh, and. You guys will already kind of know what I'm going to talk about if any of you listened to or watched my appearance with uh, Scott Bogman and Jonas Nader on the Real Big Three and in this league podcast where I talked about a couple of buy and sell opportunities, and I have one that is a harebrained edition, but I got to put it out there because I think it's kind of an interesting one, and it's a, it's a roll of the dice, but you'll like it when we get there. I think I can, I don't know if I can promise that, but I can almost promise that. Let's start with the ads, since that's what everybody wants to hear, and work our way down the list. These are in no particular order. I was looking through all the box scores of the week, trying to remind myself of all the things that I've said and looked at, and this is the way that they got written down on a sheet in front of my face. Ad number one, Hamadou Diallo in Detroit. Now, there's the uh, relatively obvious downside, which is that he's sitting out back-to-backs for the Pistons, and everybody's got him. Back-to-backs, everybody's doing them. He's already sat out two. He missed the second half of the March 26th and 27th back-to-back. He just sat out one yesterday. However, in between, he played 27 and 26 minutes, averaged 19 points, 8.5 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 1.5 blocks, and 1.5 three-pointers over that stretch, while simultaneously not being horrible at the free-throw line. That's a big deal for him. And then also a pretty good field goal percent, which 
tends to be the case, especially if he's going to come off the bench and just sort of dunk against guys that he's, frankly, a little bit better than. He's a points league darling, to be sure, because we know the free throw percent is not going to be good, and so a couple good ball games here is an opportunity to maybe even move him in a category league. But I think you got to add him wherever you can. We don't know that this minutes cap is going to last the rest of the season. It's possible that they move it up to 29 or 30 at some point. I think he probably does sit out back-to-backs the rest of the way, which caps his value in head-to-head formats a little bit. But if he's going nuts and all you got to do is watch out for the head-to-head missed game, you probably roll with it anyway. So Hamadou Diallo on the board. In fact, they just benched Josh Jackson in the game to get Diallo minutes. Uh, Josh Jackson re-emerged in their last one because Wayne Ellington remained out. Uh, but Diallo, he and, and Diallo was out in that ballgame as well. But Hamadou's the guy they want to get a look at him. He's, I believe, a restricted free agent going into this offseason. And so this is a great opportunity for them to sort of check out their wares. LaMarcus Aldridge is on the ad list. He was probably dropped in a few leagues while he was on uh, permanent bench duty in San Antonio. He was the DNP not not going to do it, uh, quote. Uh, <laughs> I guess that would be... Jeez, um, that's a Dana Carvey. That's a Dana Carvey bit. Um, well, he played 29 minutes in his Nets debut and at 11, 9, and 6 with two steals and a block, and he's always a good percentages guy. You know, Field goal percent wasn't great in that one ball game but shoots the free throw very well for a big man. I mean, here's the thing about LaMarcus Aldridge. He's probably not going to play huge minutes every night. That 29 feels like it's a bit on the high side for him, but playing alongside a bunch of superstars, he's going to just get easy stuff. He's going to get easy stuff. It's just all going to be out there for the taking. He'll fall his way into some blocks because he's going to be playing center for a team that has pretty fast tempo, so teams are getting up and down the floor. What I do want to see, and he had nine rebounds in that game, and that's basically the most he's had all year because he sort of refused to get in there and bang in San Antonio. Is he invigorated now enough to the point where he wants to get beat up around the bucket again? I don't know, man. I I don't know that you can just change that psyche, especially in the regular season. So add him with the understanding that he's a guy that can really cruise towards pretty good fantasy value because of his unique stat set, but also don't expect the moon. So he's an add. And I would say if you get anything inside the top 100, you call that a victory. I put Devontae Graham on the ads list. I don't know that I necessarily needed to because he was working his way back from injury and he had gotten dumped in a bunch of spots, but he's back up to 80% rostership at this point. So if you didn't add him already, it's too late. There. That's the whole explanation on Devontae Graham. Wendell Carter Jr. is on the ads list, and he was on the ads list after the trade deadline as well. But of course, his first few games in Orlando were... Uh, less than spectacular. He put up pretty good numbers in limited minutes. 20 uh, minutes in his Orlando debut, 8-8 eight eight with a steal. 18 minutes in his follow-up performance, 11-6-3 with three blocked shots. So you look at it and you're like, wow, that's a pretty good stat line, but, you know, 18 minutes, pretty much no one, handful, less than a handful of players in the NBA that can actually get it done in 18. And we know enough about Wendell Carter Jr. to know he's not one of those guys. Well, yesterday, Thursday... In New Orleans, uh, the Magic, who somehow have now won two games in a row, Wendell Carter Jr. played 31 minutes at 21-12-2 with a block on good percentages. Was this the start of this massive surge for him? My belief is that no. He's probably going to see his minutes take a hit before they come back up again, but the trend line points in the right direction for him. He is 
the guy that they're going to take a look at here because, you know, they know what they have in Mo Bamba. They know what they have with Kem Birch, and they don't seem to care all that much. You know, they're not that excited about either of those guys. So this is an opportunity for Orlando to just get a little excited about a player that they don't, I mean, I'm sure they know enough about him, but they don't really know about him, if you know what I mean, uh, to get in there and play some ball. So if you're going to pick him up, don't expect him to go 31 minutes and double-double in a big way in their very next ball game. But I, I do think that the trend line's pointed the right direction, so he remains an ad, or maybe I should have called him a hold based on he was sort of the ad last week. Now hold on, which you should have been doing anyway while we sorted things out in Orlando. It takes more than two games to figure this whole thing out. Well, starting to pay off a little bit, and we'll see if it continues that way. They have Utah next, so ugh, pulls, you know, Dan pulls neck collar of his shirt because it's getting hot in here so that might not be the one where he's set to explode or anything but uh yeah trend line i think is what you're looking at there kelly olenic is on the ads list another guy that i think was probably on the ads list last week he's number 93 on a per game basis this year he's number 71 by totals and in his time with the rockets so far he's looked quite comfortable 25 minutes 34 minutes 25 minutes he's put up big numbers He's uh, shooting well. He's hitting all of his free throws, steals, blocks, assists. He's a nine-cat guy. I mean, he he's, has the ability to be useful in nine categories. That's pretty unusual. He can do all the things. He's not, the, not an earth-shatteringly good rebounder or anything, but like he can get them. He's averaging six this year. He'll score a little. He'll pass a little. He gets steals, he gets blocks. Like, oh, there's a lot of good stuff going on with Olenek. And I don't know that he needs as many minutes in Houston as he had in Miami because there isn't such a pecking order with the Rockets. You know, like, you're like, okay, with, with Miami, you're really going to take shots away from Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo or someone who's, I don't know, offensively a little more talented, even if maybe Olenek might actually have had the better efficient shot attempt than some of those non-superstar guys well in houston who is he fighting with right now john wall who couldn't throw a stone in the ocean kevin porter jr who just came out of the g league he's not really playing very much at the same time as christian wood a handful of minutes and you know i can make the argument that maybe wood's the guy that should get those shots there but boy like against guys like daniel house you compare him against guys like sterling brown kj martin all this stuff kelly olenek's the guy that should get some shots in those instances now He's playing over his head at the moment because he's shooting some 60-odd percent since joining the Rockets, and that's just simply not going to stick. It's why he's number 11 over the last week on 18-5-3 with a half, steal and a half, block and a half, three and a half. But let's adjust some of those numbers down. Field goal percent's going to come back down towards 50. Free throw percent's going to come back down from 1,000 into the 80s, let's call it. Still puts up... Those are still good numbers that you're sitting on. That's still top 90 level production or better and you're going to get some christian wood rest days mixed in there as well so i like kelly olenek i think he's under rostered at uh 52 and it's 20 percent up over his last couple of days too so uh the real shame of it is that i wasn't the guy that got him in most of the leagues i'm in that I talked about him so damn much on the podcast everybody else was paying attention to the dude his teammate, Jay Sean Tate, I think is a really interesting player as well. I don't know that we need to have him on the ads list anymore because he's just sort of been ad-ready. Um, and he just continues to belong there, basically. 
Let's keep chugging along here. On to a, actually, no, Kevin Porter Jr. is on this board as well. Another guy that should have already been on your roster, but keep him on your roster. Very important. Uh, but that one is is sort of a retread of previous weeks. Jaden McDaniels is on the chart here for ads list players. And you guys know I have I have some reservations on the McDaniels front. He's had a really, really good week because he's been knocking down three balls while also posting very strong shooting percentage numbers. There are certain things that you look at with him and you're like, okay, well, this like this thing is not going to stick. Uh, but at the same time, there's enough stuff going on with him where you're like, okay, I, like there are things that are good. 59% shooting on almost three, while hitting almost three threes a game, while mo- you know half of his shots are coming from downtown right now. That's just not sustainable. So the 15 points is going to come down. D'Angelo Russell, who might actually be back this coming week, that's going to put a dent into pretty much everybody's usage and stuff on the Timberwolves. But on the McDaniels front, you know, we, we, we're we starting to see some hints of rebounding. I don't think that's really going to trend up all that much. He's played huge minutes the last couple of ball games, like 37 a ball game, because they've been somewhat competitive in a few of those. I think low 30s is probably a number you see from him going forward. They really like him as their power forward of the now and the future. And so he belongs on rosters with the caveat that it's not always going to be so easy. Because right now, the threes, the field goal percent, are heavily weighting his recent run of good value. His passing is meh. You know, he's, if you're out there for 36, 37 minutes a game, you're just going to get an assist or two from existing and touching the basketball. But he doesn't rebound all, all that well. And, and that to me is, you know, we talked about that a little bit with Nick Claxton, and he's a center, and he rebounds better than Jaden McDaniels does. Now, McDaniels is uh, a better foul shooter than Nick Claxton, so you don't have that potential pitfall there. McDaniels, who we don't have a ton of data on. He just you know, he doesn't really get to the foul line all that much. So let's just assume that that's kind of a nothing in this grand scheme of things. He's a shot blocker. That's cool. He's going to block some shots, and apparently he's going to hit some three-pointers. But we also need to remember, before he went on this recent heater, you know, McDaniels has 11 threes in his last four ball games. That's uh, a little under three per game. His previous four ball games, he had one total. And I know what your next question is. Well, what about playing time? Is it different? Yeah, it's different. Uh, over the last four games, he's averaging about 35 minutes a game. So call that about 140 minutes. Over the previous four games, he was at about 100 minutes. Okay, that's a pretty big deal. You know, 140 to 100, that's a, a jump of 40%. But still, uh, from one three-pointer to 11, the the reality of this is that it'll probably settle somewhere in between those two. Because right now, he's shooting the ball extraordinarily well. And although his previous four games, he wasn't hitting his jump shots. So that's my fear with Jaden McDaniels. It's not so much that he doesn't that he can't play, because he's good. I like him. He's a good basketball player, good defender fits well with what Minnesota's trying to do with their current lineup constructions. So he's, he's a good fit, which is why I'm not all that worried about his actual role on the team. And I'm not worried about his blocks. Those seem to come anyway. You know, three blocks over those previous four games. He has seven over these. That's a fluctuation that you can just build into opponents, basically. You know, he only had one block against Dallas. That's a hard team to block shots against. 
He only had one in a back-to-back against Phoenix. They're a very hard team to block shots again. And then he got four in one game against the Nets of all teams. So that type of stuff will fluctuate on a week-to-week basis in a way that's pretty predictable. But the field goal percent is not going to be 59. Not if he's taking a bunch of three-pointers. No chance. It just it won't stay that high. 38% is his number from downtown right now, which is, by the way, pretty good. 44% is his number on the year. And if he's shooting 60 lately, even if you think the 44% is coming up towards 50, the 60 is nowhere near where it's going to be. So expect a drop-off. He's probably in a little bit of a sell-high mode right now. He's still an ad because I like that he's playing 32-plus minutes a game for a fun young basketball team all of a sudden. Uh, but understand that the, the upside is a bit capped by the fact that he didn't rebound all that much, and he's not going to score very much. What are we thinking? Eight, nine shots a game? Probably max in that department? I can't imagine that he gets to ten shots a game reliably. I know he has lately, but he's also been hot. When you're hot, you got the leash to take more shots. When you're cold, suddenly you're taking eight, six, seven. When you're hot, hell yeah, I'll take another two or three. Give me 12 shots a game. Anywho, that's enough time on Jaden McDaniels. Uh, and my last guy on the ads list is, is sort of a weird one. I couldn't figure out where to stick him. And it's Andre Drummond, who uh, broke a toenail off in his Lakers debut. He's only expected to miss a couple of basketball games. He's an ad on name value because you want him and you want him to play well for a couple of nights and then you want to move him. That's the plan with Andre Drummond right now. If you still have a trade deadline you can even use in your league because he forgot how to make layups this year. He was shooting 47%, which is basically a career low for Drummond, and honestly, it's not all that close. Free throw percent is still terrible. It's never been anything but terrible, although at least it went from 40% early in his career to closer to 60, where it's been now the last uh, three or four seasons, so he's pretty well locked in there. Yeah, he's going to grab a ton of rebounds, and he'll get you steals and blocks, but he's actually been so bad in both percentages this year that he's barely inside the top 100 despite with the Cavs averaging 18 and 14 and 2.8 combined defensive stats. I don't think he's getting anywhere near that number with the Lakers, at least not long-term. Maybe in the short term, he can get to top 100, between top 80, top 100 level stuff. But if he puts up a big ball game, if he comes out and rolls you a 23 and 15 with three steals and three blocks, you try to move him immediately for a top 60 level guy. That's my take on Andre Drummond. I think he's, he's more of a try to get it while the getting's good, and then shuffle along. A couple of names in the holds list that I think are actually pretty important this week. Sadiq Bey, who uh, I'll admit his, st- his stat set is not super fun. It's not a unique fantasy stat set. He'll hit you three-pointers. He'll get you steals. Uh, field goal percent's going to be kind of low. Free throw percent's going to be kind of high. And overall, he's just going to sort of chunk along at that sort of top 100 type of clip. But I do think he belongs on rosters. He has like about a 125 floor when shots just aren't dropping at all, and then he'll get hot, and you'll get like a top 75 couple of weeks out of him. So I get it. I get it. He's not a must-start guy, but he's better than most of those 3 and D options floating around right now just because he's on a team that's going to want him to go play. Delon Wright is on my holds list. As he was last week, he remains a hold. His role in Sacramento is slowly developing, We'll get more data on him tonight, as we'll talk about during the weekend preview portion of the podcast. And I just, you know, he played really well in his 22 minutes in their last ballgame. I got to think his minutes trend up towards 24 to 26 because he's just good. 
he's good and they're good when they use him. He's going to make Sacramento better. So hold on DeLon Wright. His, fat, his fantasy stats said it's too good to part with him after a few games of slightly lower minutes on a brand new team that somehow, for Sacramento, somehow, some way, they insist on trying to make a playoff push, and that's good. That means that they're going to try to use these guys that they acquired. Thad Young remains a hold. His role is going to be different going forward. I don't think that we can deny that. But he's number 77 on the season. He's still putting up good lines. And he's actually in a weird little lull right now where he's not getting a ton of steals. It's why he's been just outside the top 100 over the last couple of weeks. None of his other stuff has changed all that much. The steals are just a little bit down. Otherwise, you know, last two weeks, 11, 7, and 4, still big-time assist numbers for Thad. When the steals come back up from 1 closer to one and a half where he tends to settle when he's playing decent minutes, then boom, he's back into the seventies again. I mean, that's all it takes with him is one and a half steals instead of one. What a revelation he's been this year. This guy's averaged 1.8 assists over about 30 minutes in his entire NBA career. This season, he's at 4.4 assists in 25 minutes a game. Glorious. That's freaking glorious, man. You guys know I have severe love for Thad Young. So happy to say that you can hold on to him. I put Tomas Sadoransky in the hold category as well, but it's not a must. He He's he's sort of floating between a couple of categories. He's going to be rostered in most fantasy leagues because he's starting at point guard on an NBA team, and he's not a disaster in any one particular category. He doesn't hit many three-pointers, so that doesn't help you much at a point guard spot, but his percentages are solid. He's getting you steals and assists, doesn't score all that much. Rebounding is meh, two to three per ball game. I think you'd like to see a little more there, given he is kind of a taller than average point guard. Uh, free throw shooting is good. There's just sort of a lot of very quietly decent stuff going on with Sato. I'll tell you, if you're punting threes, he actually is a great fit. He's a terrific point guard fit because that's the one thing where out of a point guard, you want that guy to be bringing your three-pointer number along with him. It's very hard to take a... Uh, 0.7, which is where he's been at the last couple of weeks. Very hard to take a 0.7 in the three-pointers category from a point guard who's quietly effective but not really blowing the roof off the building in any one category. If you remove the fact that he's fairly useless in three-pointers, he jumps from a top 110 kind of quietly punching along there, you know, ninth, 10th round kind of guy, and, you know, punt threes or even a punt points, he jumps a couple of rounds of value. So look at your team build, try to figure out what you actually need on your club, and then see how he slots in with that. Because he is still somewhat interesting with capped upside. Streamers, got a lot of them right now. Isaiah Hartenstein is a streamer, or is it Hartenstein? Doesn't matter. I mean, it does to him, but we're going we're gonna to go with Isaiah H., who is a streamer out in Cleveland as long as Larry Nance Jr. and Jared Allen both remain out. Those guys might be back within the next game or two, so this may be a short-term thing. Corey Joseph is a streamer out in Detroit. I can't believe I put him on the list, but he belongs there until either Dennis Smith Jr. or Killian Hayes gets healthy and starts soaking up those minutes. But right now, Corey Joseph is playing 30 minutes of ballgame, and he's been a defensive whiz kid with his new team. That's always kind of been his thing. But he actually gets to lead a little bit in Detroit. He gets to be the veteran presence, and he's been a much better fit just in a few games with the Pistons than he ever was during his time in Sacramento. 
Nikhil Alexander-Walker, great streamer, especially while half the Pelicans are on the shelf. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, everybody out for New Orleans. So, nah, crushing it. He's just doing so much stuff that, yeah, I mean, he was a streamer while Lonzo was out, and he actually got to be a better streamer now as more bodies have gone down around him. His teammates, James Johnson and Josh Hart, are streamers, provided all three of those other guys remain out. So that might just be tonight, but it's not an insane thought to say, okay, well, look, uh, James Johnson seems to be the fill-in for Zion right now. They picked him up at the trade deadline, and he's an all-around kind of guy. And yes, they did lose to Orlando, so that doesn't augur all that great for him. But they don't have many power forward options on that team if Zion and Brandon Ingram are both out. It's pretty slim at that point. So Johnson had 17-3-2 with a couple blocks and three threes. He could put up fantasy numbers pretty quick because of that well-rounded fantasy attack. Uh, understand that this may be a move you make. You might pick up one of these guys and then find out that I think Josh Hart actually is missing this next ball game too, so he's he's also out. So forget him, take him on the stre- off the streamer list here. Uh, so yeah, I mean like James Johnson, presumably he's going to get to do a lot. I I don't know when the other guys are due back for the Pelicans. Lonzo's been out for a while. Ingram and Zion now missing this back to back. They play again on Sunday, so it's not that far from now to say, all right, look like pick up James Johnson. Maybe you can squeeze one top fifty, top sixty type of. Uh, performance out of him before he ends up getting thrown away. Or maybe these guys miss a week, week and a half. I don't know. He's good enough. Let's change the way we frame this in the discussion. James Johnson is good enough to deserve a roster slot just in case he gets another start. His fantasy game is good enough for that. So try to create some streaming room for him. Uh, especially if you're in a games cap format where last guy on your bench probably weren't using him anyway. Bogdan Bogdanovich, suddenly he's playing a truckload of minutes out in Atlanta. They traded away Rajon Rondo. Cam Reddish is still out. DeAndre Hunter is still out. So Bogdan is getting a bunch of run, and he's in front of Kevin Herter. He's moved in front of Herter in the pecking order. That's actually been a pretty big deal for why he's begun to take off. So pick him up, stream him. Trey Young is out in this ballgame on Friday night. Uh, so just roll with Bogdan until he gets punted back to the bench or his usage takes a hit. Gary Trent Jr., kind of a similar thing. I like him more in points league situation, but Kyle Lowry's out for a week for the Raptors, who seem to be right on the cusp of throwing in the towel on a on basically just a lost season playing in Tampa. I still don't trust Gary Trent Jr. to get any rebounds or assists or really anything at all besides points and threes, but if he's going to take a ton of shots then you have to at least give him a look. Start him in points leagues. He's going to be very good, especially with Lowry out in that particular role. And then in category leagues, you can probably add him. But I'll tell you, I don't have the stones to actually start him. I don't, uh, just because of those other categorical limitations. Reggie Bullock is in my streamer section, although he just belongs as kind of a... Yeah, I mean, he's a streamer because the Knicks have some back-to-backs wedged in there. And, and when he's healthy, he plays like 40 minutes a game for Thibodeau. So, yeah, I mean, that's like... Similar stat set to Sadiq Bey, actually, and probably even more minutes. 
And DeAnthony Melton is a streamer with Grayson Allen out. I know he didn't have a good ball game that first one missing Allen, but he'll be fine. We know that when Melton sees 22 or more minutes, he is a bona fide stud. So just stick with that one a little bit longer. On the watch list, Dennis Smith Jr., who was cleared to play yesterday, but didn't actually get into the ball game because apparently his conditioning is still totally whack because his back and his spine have been all screwed up. So he hasn't been running all that much. I think we'll probably see him in the Pistons' next ballgame. I don't know how much as he works his way back into game shape. But if he gets, when he, when, I should say when he gets into game shape, he's a guy that could grab 25 to 32 minutes a game in that young Pistons core. I think they kind of want to see what he's got in the tank now. And he looked so good when DeLon Wright was out before the All-Star break that I'm actually inclined to stash Dennis Smith Jr. in a couple of spots and call him an injury stash, knowing he's very close now and like actually does have top 75 upside if his percentages really have improved quietly in the G League while we've not been paying attention to him. His other stuff's been amazing. Rebounding, assists, steals, blocks have all been through the roof in his limited work in Detroit. It's the percentages that we just don't really know about until you get to see him play for a couple weeks in a row. Nick Batum is on my watch list because it seems like he's maybe getting his footing back after missing time with a concussion. He's looked pretty good, actually, lately for the Clippers. Very good in a punt points format, uh, but, you know, still watch list level every other place. Svi Mikhailuk in uh, Oklahoma City is another watch list guy. I don't believe that he can lock in this role long term. They have Lou Dort and Darius Baisley both been out. Theo Maladon and Ty Jerome kind of taking turns, missing time, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander is supposed to get reevaluated in about 10 to 12 days. So all of this feels very fleeting for Svi. Uh, so I'm I'm likely passing on that one. And my drop list, guys, and I hate this one, but I think Justin Holiday is actually a dropout in Indiana. It seems like his role has been diminished, and he's in a pretty goodly shooting slump right now. There's a real chance he comes busting back out of it. I just don't know if there's enough left for him to carve out that same role he used to have. Luckily, his steals are very high. So even in his worst of times, he can still maintain that sort of top 150 level floor. Uh, but even if he gets hot now, I don't know that he can clear top 90. And so you balance those out. You really got to catch him at the right moment. And it feels like he slipped into streamer land because there just isn't a ton of upside anymore. And then James Wiseman, I put on the drop list just to sort of clown on him a little bit. He's been playing more lately, but, you know, they still don't trust him in tough, tight, hard fought ball games having to go against a guy like a Bam Adebayo, and their last one, a good example of this. His minutes are not secure, and his role is not secure. And here's my buy low that's meant to shake the fantasy footing beneath you. It's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a buy low. I got a lot of offers to try to send me Anthony Davis in leagues that I'm in, asking for you know mid-round guys back from my club, and I didn't do it. For a long time, I didn't do it. But if I got one now, I would do it. Because Anthony Davis was having a weird head case of a year where he couldn't make his free throws, and he was still an early second rounder because he's Anthony freaking Davis. I think you could get AD. I think you could get AD for a top 50 guy. I think you might even be able to go deeper than that. Top 50 is like Demonis Sabonis. You could almost definitely get Anthony Davis for Sabonis. I think you get Anthony Davis for a top 55 guy, like a Pascal Siakam. You might even be able to get him for a top 60 guy, like Zion, or DeJounte Murray, or Jeremy Grant, 
or Jonas Valanciunas, top 65. This is an opportunity. Take the opportunity if and only if, if and only if, by the way, if you remember this from math as a young person, that was I-F-F meant if and only if. If you are in a roto format with a game's cap, okay, so you can't do it if you're not in a game's cap format in roto, which you should be in anyway. Uh, I also don't think that I would do it if I was in Roto and I was just beating the hell out of everyone. It, it's a roll of the dice kind of play, and you know it's a, it's to try to make a move, really. But there isn't that much time left, so Roto less compelling. This is a move I think you consider making in a head-to-head league. If you are in third, fourth, or fifth place kind of spot, maybe not fifth. If you if you're in any fear of dropping out of the playoffs in your league and sending away a top fifty guy, would push you out then yeah you obviously can't do it but if you're in the playoffs in your league and you're looking at the board and you're like damn i don't think i can win this league like the first place team looks like a monster i'm not going to beat this team unless i do something nuts this is the move this is the move take your top 60 guy and try to turn it into anthony davis because i do think he comes back right around the fantasy playoffs if you're going to the end of the season uh fantasy playoffs would be what like starting about the towards the end of April, about a week, week and a half left in April when they get going. And that's your move. That's your move. Then you get a first rounder for a fifth rounder, and you hope that he misses only a couple of games once you get into your playoffs. That's the move. I guess you could do it in a Roto Games Cap format as well. You should be, you know, your numbers are pretty well locked in. You're trading away someone who's going to be healthy for the next two to three weeks while Anthony Davis probably isn't on the court. Understand that that's part of this discussion. I don't think AD, I'd be floored if we saw AD before April 15th. I think he's probably more like a week after that even, like April 20th is where I would assume he gets back out on the court. And then they're going to kid glove him for a few games as well. But honestly, I don't care. If you get 20 some odd minutes out of Anthony Davis, he's already inside the top 50. Anything over that and he jumps around like every two minutes he plays. So this is a really crazy buy low, but it's a it's a game changer. It's a sh- it's a big shift kind of thing because if you get like seven, eight, nine, ten games out of Anthony Davis towards the end of the year, that's the kind of stuff that can just rocket boost you in blocks, steals, rebounds, field goal percent. It's a big deal, bigger deal in head to head than Roto, but uh, still an interesting play either way. Reminder here before we pivot towards the weekend preview portion of the proceedings that, again, we want you to hit us up at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com to find out more about the hoopball recruiting process that's going hard right now. So bug me. I'll answer your questions. We'll see if there's a fit there. This is for folks that want to break in and just and begin to make the climb in fantasy sports. You want this to be part of your life? This is a great opportunity to do it, to get started. So hit me up. Also, big thank you to our buddies over at Manscaped.com. We have extended our partnership with our buddies over there. So thank you to everybody out there in listener land that has continued to check out their really cool products. Sounds like we'll be with them for at least another couple of months and hopefully well beyond that as well. Manscaped.com. Promo code is HoopBall20. Get your lawnmower 3.0 for 20% off and free shipping using the aforementioned HoopBall20 promo code. You can also get the Weed Whacker, the Shears, that's their luxury nail kit. They've got powders, lotions, oils, all that, st- deodorants, t-shirts, boxers, shaving mats, travel bags. But you know what? It's men's grooming. That's really what it is. 
So get a damn lawnmower 3.0 because they're sweet. They have the built-in LED light, pinch-free technology, a 90-minute battery life. It's waterproof. If you want to do it in the shower, you can trim your hair in the shower. It's a really good product. Like, that's the thing I really want to stress about, Manscaped.com. They do all these silly things. They get their funny marketing stuff, but they have a good product, and we're happy to work with them on it. Hoopball20 is the promo code, 20% off, and free shipping. Here is your weekend preview, five minutes or less as we go through all 30 teams and what we're looking for going forward. I'm trying to do a good job of talking really fast today, everybody. Warriors are at the Raptors tonight. Um... Sounds like Steph Curry's out, so if you wanted to restream Jordan Poole, you may have a narrow window to do it. Raptors were watching Gary Trent Jr. Houston, it's going to come down to who actually is healthy enough to play in that ballgame, but you're certainly watching Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, Kelly Olynyk, uh, maybe Daniel House, but uh, also maybe not. Boston, not a whole lot there. You can watch Evan Fournier, but I do think he's pretty much cooked from a fantasy perspective while backing up a bunch of studs in Boston. Dallas, nothing. Knicks, uh, the wing situation and the Derrick Rose situation. Let's see how that shakes out. Nerlens is still a start. I know every you know he loses playing time to Taj every once in a while, and that'll happen. Because again, Tom Thibodeau, but he's still a start to me. Burks, can he get his streaming game going again with Bullock back? I doubt it. Can Derrick Rose re-grab that the fire in that point guard spot? It still doesn't seem like he's fully healthy. So I'm inclined to say maybe you don't use any of those guys right now outside of streaming because it is a back-to-back for them. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on it. Minnesota, watch that Jaden McDaniel stuff and any injury news. Memphis, Grayson Allen's health is going to determine whether or not you're starting DeAnthony Melton, but otherwise not a whole lot to pay attention to out there. Charlotte, mm, nothing. Indy, Nothing. Maybe Justin Holiday, Not really. Atlanta and New Orleans. Everybody's sitting in this ballgame. So, I mean, take whatever data away from it that you want. Pfft, it's going to be ugly. You're not making ads or drops based on what you see happening in this ballgame. That's for damn sure. Chicago is in Utah. This should be an adventure for the uh, potentially shorthanded Bulls. We don't know if Zach Levine and or Kobe White are healthy enough to go yet. Nothing on the Utah side. Lakers likely to be back without Andre Drummond, so we're back into sort of the Lakers we knew from before, which is Schroeder, Montrez, Kuz, right around the cut line, but you don't go much beyond that. Sacramento, you're watching Delon Wright. That's a really big deal. Want to see his minutes trend back up by one or two. Anything beyond that, that's great. We'll see if they can get back on the winning kick here after finally having their five-game winning streak snapped down in San Antonio. Oklahoma City, it's the Moses Brown show. We've talked about it a bunch this week that he is a sell high anytime he puts together a big ball game because you can probably net a top 50 guy for him just based on how crazy he's going these days. And then the rest of that team is all a little bit of a grab bag. Like, I, I don't think I'm confident enough to stream Theo Maladon. I don't think I'm confident enough to stream Svi Mikhailuk, Svi Mikhailuk or Ty Jerome or Isaiah Roby. Poku's out. Maybe that gives Roby that inside track. Like, yeah, okay, fine. You can probably stream him. Phoenix, nothing. Milwaukee, nothing. Portland basically just monitoring Yusuf Nurkic's minutes as we turn the page towards Saturday. Washington, the question there, of course, is is Bradley Beal going to play? Detroit on Saturday. Let's see some Dennis Smith Jr. get himself into this mix. And Diallo. There's some fun things to keep track of as the Pistons maybe begin to look at going a little bit younger we shall see. Cleveland, it's the health of the front court for the most part, including Kevin Love in that discussion. 
Miami, as Victor Oladipo works his way into the mix, what does that do to everyone else? Philadelphia, I believe we're getting Joel Embiid back this weekend, so that'll put them back into a very easy-to-handicap situation. Orlando is in Utah. That's hardly a time where you want to be experimenting with some of the lesser Orlando magic, but we'll certainly check out the box score and see if any of the young guys got more than 25 minutes of ball game. Utah nothing, Indy nothing, Spurs not really much of anything, uh, and that pretty much knocks out... Is that everybody, man? Is anybody not playing today or tomorrow? Clippers... Okay, there, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a storyline there. Terrence Mann's been playing well, but that's also without Pat Beverly and without Rajon Rondo. Nick Batum's looked pretty good of late. Marcus Morris had a down game his last time out, but he's also been playing relatively well. And I think, outside of Denver, yeah, Denver's the last team we haven't talked about. They don't play until Sunday. Aaron Gordon, uh, still not shooting the free throw well. Still not really shooting the ball well, but really does seem to fit what Denver's looking for in terms of, you know, what do they need out of the power forward spot. They're all very excited about that match, and uh, you'll just keep watching that to see how it all shakes out. And that is your much faster than usual Friday weekend edition of Fantasy NBA Today. Folks, I am Dan Bespers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please do rate and review the podcast. Would very much appreciate a five-star marker on our stuff over on iTunes. Hit me up on social media. Come join the fray if you want to make fantasy part of your life. We want you, he said while pointing at you through your listening device, whatever the hell it might be. Have a great weekend, everybody. Reverse chronological lightning round on Monday. We'll break it all down and start it all over again. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.